The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Well, almost two thirds of hostels contacted, or rather, two thirds of hotels contacted about renewing contracts to host refugees have yet to sign new deals for 2023. So, what happens? when the current deals run out. For more on this, I'm joined by Liam O'Dwyer, advisor to the Irish Red Cross. Liam, it's a bit of a bleak outlook, isn't it? It is bleak. There's no doubt about it. I think the government have acknowledged that uh, by Easter, uh, there could be a deficit of somewhere around 12,000 to 14,000 bed spaces, um, in particular for Ukrainians coming here. Um, And also on top of that, there is the situation where people who have pledged uh, accommodation and that's over 5,000 people uh, who already have uh, Ukrainians in situ, that they also have signed up for a, a given period of time, either six months, nine months, or indeed a year in many cases. Um, so there's a, there's a serious challenge coming down and coming down the line. And I think uh, the government are going to have to uh, be creative, number one, and they're going to have to deal with this as a full-scale emergency because that's what it is. It's, it's a war scenario this, this isn't an everyday occurrence and I think uh, unique and unique approaches are going to have to be adopted. Well, the, the Minister for State for Integration, Joe O'Brien, has said that the state is too reliant on private providers, which would suggest that he, he to some extent, agrees with your view of some level of creativity and innovation will need to be applied. But how, in a situation where the government can't build enough houses to house our own citizens... Are they going to be able to build or, or acquire premises to, ho- to house tens of thousands of refugees? Well, there's a, there's a number of possible solutions. Obviously, they're moving down the modular home route and that, that will deliver two, or two to three thousand. And they're certainly focused on renovating the older institutional buildings, which will also deliver well. And, and to be fair, the local authority have their own new pledge vacant house pledge, pledge scheme which should also deliver some uh, sizable numbers. But in our view, uh, the right way to approach this at this stage would be to look at uh, very large buildings like that you'd find in industrial estates, buildings that are heated, that have toilets, that have showers, um, and uh, have those buildings ready if the need arises. And and it's you utilise those buildings Obviously, only in an emergency situation um, like this is this is likely to become. Um, so you don't end up having to use tents and other uh, informal and really uh, in, inadequate ways of, of enabling people to, to keep safe and to keep warm. So I, I think innovative but, but member, for, measures sorry, like that, that name, are needed. Where you say about people being safe and warm, one of the, the objectives at the outset of dealing with the Ukraine crisis was that the refugees would receive more than warmth and safety, that they would be protected from being ghettoized into effectively a, a refugee community, that there would be some level of refugee integration within local communities, that there'd be access to schools, that there'd be access to public transport links. If we put people in effectively warehouses in industrial estates, are we not abandoning all of those? Um, I think what we're doing is we're looking at an emergency situation. And I think the the context for this has to be that this is an emergency situation where there is an accommodation shortage and the government are not in a position clearly to build uh, a sufficient housing. 
so there are a number of possible solutions. The other possible solution is uh, the transformation of office space, of which there again is a sizable amount of office space, and to utilise that office space uh, over a period of time as a, in terms of accommodation. And that I know is what is being tried at the moment in England and has successfully been tried here by one of the housing associations. That's the other route here. And, and how, how well long that, do you think that's feasible and sustainable for families, even for individuals, to live effectively en masse in empty office space? Um, again, again, Anton, you're back to the same scenario. The scenario here is this is emergency accommodation. This is not anything else. And if you're faced with a war situation where people are in real need, and, and they are in real need, and they make their way to Ireland, Ireland will do its best. And the government has to date, to be fair, stood up. And Irish people have stood up and have been hugely generous. Uh, in relation to uh, to the Ukrainian people. And you ask Ukrainians here, they feel most welcome. Uh, and we obviously want to do our best. There is no doubt about that. But we don't want to find ourselves back with people in tents. So we need to be creative and we need to ensure that people who come here in an emergency situation are catered and looked after. You mentioned the welcome that people have received. That was obviously almost totally ubiquitous at the early arrival stage of refugees. But what we've seen in recent weeks is more and more people protesting refugees being placed within their communities. We've seen protests in Dublin, we've seen protests in Cork. What's your reaction to that? And how concerned are you that it may grow in momentum? Well, I have a number of concerns. There is always the concern that, that uh, this type of activity uh, gains momentum. It does not reflect the, what we see in Irish society. Irish communities have welcomed uh, both people from international protection and Ukrainians into their communities. Mm, there were a lot uh, of people on the streets this, in the East Wall. Well, some of this comes from uh, a lack of consultation. I think that's what people always require to be consulted with, I think, is so important in relation to people coming into a community. But largely, the people people who have uh, uh, people from Ukraine in particular and international protection people, they are all most welcome in Irish society. And, and you see that right around the country. People have been extremely welcoming. When you talk about the lack of consultation, the, the issue with consultation is that to some degree implicit in that word is that the community has an influence and can make a decision as to whether or not they wish to accept refugees coming into their area. The reality, I assume, in many cases is that isn't the case. Even if there is consultation, to a large degree, it'll be a fait accompli because the buildings are where the buildings are. Well, given the emergency situation that we're in at the moment, and that's what this is, an emergency situation, it is understandable that it may be seen as a fait accompli. But that doesn't mean that consultation can't take place, that communication can't take place, that the community know what is happening and what uh, they can expect over the coming period of time. But again, we're talking about short term. We are not talking about something that is, is long term. It is, these are short term answers in an emergency situation. Well, you talk about short term, though. The, the one thing, of course, is that that isn't in the control of you the government, the European Union, that's in control effectively of, of the, the Russian administration and Vladimir Putin. Short term could be very long. Uh, Anton, there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's no, I mean, if you had asked many of us uh, back last March 
people would have said, and I would have said, that this is something that will last three to six months. Um, and in fact, we've been proven to be absolutely wrong. So there, there is no definitive uh, date or solution to that. I think we have to look at it, though, in the context that we have uh, a sizable number of people who are in real need. And this is an opportunity for Ireland to, to step up. And so far, Ireland has stepped up. Liam O'Dwyer, thank you very much. That's Liam O'Dwyer, who is advisor to the Irish Red Cross. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.